Section 12 of Dedications. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jennifer Painter. Dedications by Mary Elizabeth Brown. To Countries, States, Cities, and Their Inhabitants. A Collection of Scotch Proverbs by Alan Ramsay, 1736 Dedicated to the tenantry of Scotland, farmers of the dales and store-masters of the hills. Worthy friends, the following hoard are wise sayings and observations of our forefathers, which have been gathering through many bygone ages, I had collected with great care and restored to their proper sense which had been frequently tamed by publishers that did not understand our landward language, particularly a large late book of them, full of errors, in a style neither Scots nor English. Having set them to rights, I could not think them better bestowed than to dedicate them to you, while best ken their meaning, moral use, pith and beauty. Some among the gentle vulgar, that are mere nice than wise, may startle at the broadness, or, as they name it, coarse expressions. But that is nay worth our tenting. A brave man can be as meritorious in hodden bray as in velvet. Since dedicators scantily deserve that name, when they dinner gar the praises of their patrons flow freely through their propine, I should be reckoned an or little havings to be jum in that article, when I had seek good ground to work upon, and leal verity to keep me from being thought a fleecher. Wherefore, since lacking breeds laziness, and praises breed pith, I scruple not to tell you that you are the props of the nation's profit. It is you that are the storekeepers of heaven's bounties. I could run on with a thousand articles to your commendation. Were they not clear to Ilka Ainway's soul is not sound blind or purfled with pride? I shall conclude with wishing you the happy seed time and blithe kern, the plentiful increase o' your nout and sheep, laden rigs and crowded heights, generous and kindly lairds, and routh to pay their rents. Peace and love in your families, we are numerous bonny and stout offspring to succeed yourselves. We all come to serve their king and country, by sea and land, with the spirit of their bold forebears. One never failed to prove as a brazen dyke in defence of their nation's independent honours and ancient renown. I am, men and brethren, your affectionate friend and humble servant, Alan Ramsay. Edinburgh, October the 15th, 1736. Geography made easy, being an abridgment of the American geography. By Jedediah Morse. A.M., Minister of the Congregation in Charlestown, near Boston, 1791. To the young masters and misses throughout the United States, the following easy introduction to the useful and entertaining science of geography, compiled particularly for their use, is dedicated, with his warmest wishes for their early improvement in everything that shall make them truly happy by their sincere friend, Jedediah Morse. 
Impressions of America during the years 1833, 1834 and 1835 by Tyrone Power, 1836 Dedication to the British public Most persons have a patron from whose power and influence they have derived support and of whose favour they feel proud. I cannot claim to be of the few who are above this adventitious sort of aid, self-raised and self-sustained. On the contrary, I have a patron, the only one I ever sought, but whose favour has well repaid my pains of solicitation. The patron I allude to is yourself, my public, much courted, much abused, and commonly accused of being either coldly neglectful or capriciously forgetful of all sort of merit. To me at least you have proved most kind and hitherto most constant. As an actor, when managers have appeared indifferent or critics unkind, and my hopes have sunk within me, I have turned to your cheering plaudits and found in them support for the present and encouragement for the future. In presenting this offering to you, I am aware at this, the ninth hour, that it abounds in errors, but you also know how my time has been employed since my return to you. Whilst you have nightly laughed with me at the playhouse, I have nightly had the devil, printer's devil, waiting for a contribution at home, and he is an imp, importunate and insatiable. He begs the public in the end to accept his crude publication as the best commodity he has to lay at their feet. Bolton Street, Mayfair, December the 23rd, 1835. Mal Travers by Lord Lytton, 1837. To the great German people, a race of thinkers and of critics, a foreign but familiar audience, profound in judgment, candid in reproof, generous in appreciation. This work is dedicated by an English author. American Notes by Charles Dickens, 1842 I dedicate this book to those friends of mine in America who, giving me a welcome, I must ever gratefully and proudly remember, left my judgment free, and who, loving their country, can bear the truth when it is told good-humouredly and in a kind spirit. The Works of James Fenimore Cooper, 1859 To the American people, this illustrated edition of the works of the first American novelist is respectfully dedicated by the publishers. W. A. Townsend and Co. Life of Andrew Jackson by James Parton, 1860 To North Carolina and Tennessee, mother and daughter, one gave Jackson birth, the other opportunity. The Toilers of the Sea by Victor Hugo, 1866 I dedicate this book to the rock of hospitality and of liberty, to that nook of ancient Norman soil where dwells the noble little nation of the sea, to the Isle of Guernsey, severe yet kind, 
my present asylum, my probable tomb. Il Sacco di Roma by Domenico Orano, 1870 To the Commune of Rome of 1870, restored to its historic destiny, these volumes, which will illustrate the sack of Rome in the year 1527, are dedicated. Domenico Orano The Adventures of the Chevalier de la Salle and His Companions by John S. C. Abbott, 1875 To the inhabitants of the great valley of the West, whose magnificent realms La Salle and his companions were the first to explore, this volume is respectfully dedicated by John S. C. Abbott. Rome in the Memory and Imagination of the Middle Ages by Arturo Graf, 1882 to 1883 to the eternal city the secret of death and collected poems by edwin arnold 1885 to america thou great new britain famous free and bright west of thy west sleepeth my ancient east our sunset make thy noons daytime and night meet in sweet morning promise on thy breast Fulfil the promise, Queen of Boundless Lands, where, as thine own, an English singer ranks. I, who found favour at thy sovereign hands, kiss them, and at thy feet lay these for thanks. In Old Virginia by Thomas Nelson Page, 1887 To my people, this fragmentary record of their life is dedicated. Sir William Johnson and the Six Nations by William Elliot Griffiths, 1891 Like my friend, the late Judge John Sanders of Scotia, Schenectady County, New York, who took off his hat when meeting descendants of the heroes of Oris Canny, the bloodiest, the most stubbornly contested, and perhaps the decisive battle in the War of the American Revolution, the writer makes his bow to the people of the Mohawk Valley and to them and to the memory of their brave ancestors dedicates this sketch of one of the makers of America. John Winthrop by Joseph Hopkins Twitchell, 1892 To the city of Hartford, where John Winthrop's priceless journal was first printed, the capital of the Commonwealth, of which his oldest son was eighteen times chosen governor, this volume is affectionately dedicated. The Life of George Mason by Kate Mason Rowland, 1892 To Virginia, the illustrious, the dearly loved Old Dominion, this memoir of one of her sons is dedicated. The Life and Times of William Lowndes Yancey by John Witherspoon Du Bose, 1892 Respectfully inscribed to the American people Alle Porte d'Italia by Edmondo di Amicis, 1893 To the town of Pinerolo, the gateway of Italy, 
I offer these pages as a tribute of affection and reverence, inspired by the beauty of its encircling mountains and the memories of its noble patriotism. The Dream of Man by William Watson, 1893 To London, my hostess City that waitest to be sung, for whom no hand to mighty strains the lyre hath strung in all this land, though mightier theme the mightiest one sang not of old, the thrice three sisters' godlike sons with lips of gold, till greater voice thy greatness sing in loftier times, suffer an alien muse to bring her votive rhymes. Yes, alien in thy midst am I, not of thy brood, the nursling of a norland sky, of rougher mood. To me, thy tarrying guest, to me, mid thy loud hum, strayed visions of the moor or sea, tormenting come, above the thunder of the wheels that hurry by, from lapping of lone waves the steels a far-sent sigh. And many a dream-reared mountain crest my feet have trod, there where thy minster in the west gropes toward God, yet from thy presence if I go, by woodland deep or ocean fringes, thou I know will haunt my sleep, thy restless tides of life will foam still in my sight, thy imperturbable dark dome will crown my night. O sea of living waves that roll on golden sands, or break on tragic reef or shoal mid fatal lands, O forest wrought of living leaves, some filled with spring, where joy life's festal raiment weaves, and all birds sing, some trampled in the miry ways, or whirled along by fury of tempestuous days. Take thou my song, for thou hast scorned not heretofore the gifts of rhyme I dropped half faltering at thy door, city sublime, and though tis true I am but guest within thy gate, Unto their hands I owe the best awards of fate. Imperial hostess, thanks from me to thee belong. O living forest, living sea, take thou my song. Brave Little Holland and What She Taught Us by William Elliot Griffiths, 1894 Dedicated to that large number of American people who, whether they know it or not, have in their veins... Nederlandsche Blut Life of St. Francis of Assisi by Paul Sabatier, 1894 To the Strasburgers Friends, at last here is this book which I told you about so long ago. The result is small indeed in relation to the endeavour, as I, alas, see better than anyone. The widow of the gospel put only one mite into the arms box of the temple, but this mite, they tell us, won her paradise. Accept this mite that I offer you today, as God accepted that of the poor woman, looking not at her offering, but at her love. Feci quod potui omnia dedi. Do not chide me too severely for this long delay, for you are somewhat its cause. Many times a day at Florence, at Assisi, at Rome, I have forgotten the document I had to study. Something in me seemed to have gone to flutter at your windows, and sometimes they opened. 
one evening two years ago at St. Damien, I forgot myself and remained long after sunset. An old monk came to warn me that the sanctuary was closed. Perbacco, he gently murmured, as he led me away all ready to receive my confidences. Sognava d'amore, o di tristitia? Well, yes, I was dreaming of love and sadness, for I was dreaming of Strasbourg. The Letters of Junius Dedication to the English Nation I dedicate to you a collection of letters written by one of yourselves for the common benefit of us all. They would never have grown to this size without your continued encouragement and applause. To me, they originally owe nothing but a healthy, sanguine constitution. Under your care, they have thriven. To you, they are indebted for whatever strength or beauty they possess. When kings and ministers are forgotten, when the force and direction of personal satire is no longer understood, and when measures are felt only in their remotest consequences, this book will, I believe, be found to contain principles worthy to be transmitted to posterity. When you leave the unimpaired hereditary freehold to your children, you do but half your duty. Both liberty and property are precarious, unless the possessors have sense and spirit enough to defend them. This is not the language of vanity. If I am a vain man, my gratification lies within a narrow circle. I am the sole depository of my own secret, and it shall perish with me. If an honest, and, I may truly affirm, a laborious zeal for the public service has given me any weight in your esteem, let me exhort and conjure you never to suffer invasion of your political constitution, however minute the instance may appear, to pass by without a determined, persevering resistance. One precedent creates another. They soon accumulate and constitute law. What yesterday was fact, today is doctrine. Examples are supposed to justify the most dangerous measures, and, where they do not suit exactly, the defect is supplied by analogy. Be assured that the laws which protect us in our civil rights grow out of the Constitution, and they must fall or flourish with it. This is not the cause of faction, or of party, or of any individual, but the common interest of every man in Britain. Although the king should continue to support his present system of government, the period is not very distant at which you will have the means of redress in your own power. It may be nearer, perhaps, than any of us expect, and I would warn you to be prepared for it. The king may possibly be advised to dissolve the present parliament a year or two before it expires, of course, and precipitate a new election in hopes of taking the nation by surprise. If such a measure be in agitation, this very caution may defeat or prevent it. The inattention or indifference of the nation has continued too long. You are roused at last to a sense of your danger. The remedy will soon be in your power. If Junius lives, 
you shall often be reminded of it. If, when the opportunity presents itself, you neglect to do your duty to yourselves and to posterity, to God and to your country, I shall have one consolation left, in common with the meanest and basest of mankind. Civil liberty may still last the life of Junius. Twelve Indian Statesmen by George Smith, 1897 To all my countrymen who care for India, and especially to the young, whose lot it is to be cast in it, to show how possible and good it is to unite the statesman with the soldier, the philanthropist with the patriot, and the Christian with all, in the government of a subject race. 41 Years in India, from Subaltern to Commander-in-Chief, by Field Marshal Lord Roberts of Kandahar, 1898. To the country to which I am so proud of belonging, to the army to which I am so deeply indebted, and to my wife, without whose loving help my 41 years in India could not be the happy retrospect it is, I dedicate this book. Legends of Switzerland by Helene Adeline Gerber, 1899 Dedicated to Switzerland, in grateful memory of happy summers, spent within its borders. The Life and Letters of Admiral Dewey by Adelbert M. Dewey, 1899 To the American people, to whom George Dewey of Vermont is a most illustrious example, and to the many thousands of noble men and women in this haven for the oppressed of all the world, in whose veins courses the blood of Thomas Dewey, the settler, this book is most respectfully dedicated by the author. Eleanor by Mrs. Humphrey Ward, 1900 To Italy, the beloved and beautiful, instructress of our past, delight of our present, comrade of our future, the heart of an Englishwoman offers this book written by Sir Herbert Edwards as the dedication for his Life of Sir Henry Lawrence, which he did not live to complete. Theodore Roosevelt, the Citizen, by Jacob A. Rees, 1903, to the Young Men of America. The Life of William Ewart Gladstone, by John Morley, 1903. To the electors of the Montrose boroughs, I beg leave to inscribe this book in grateful recognition of the confidence and friendship with which they have honoured me. James Oglethorpe by Harriet C. Cooper, 1904 To the Children of Georgia The Aftermath of Slavery by William A. Sinclair, 1905 to all Americans who believe that the flag shall be the symbol of liberty under law and of equal rights before the law for all Americans. India and Her People by Swami Abdanananda, 1906 To the people of India, with deep fellow feeling and earnest prayers 
for the restoration of their ancient glory and national freedom. The Man from Glengarry by Ralph Connor Query, 1906 To the men of Glengarry, who in patience, in courage, and in the fear of God, are helping to build the empire of the Canadian West, this book is humbly dedicated. Chinatown Ballads by Wallace Irwin, 1906 To the city of dreams that has passed again to the magic box of the dreamer, this collection of rhymed memories is affectionately dedicated. The Lower Niger and its Tribes by Major Arthur Glynn Leonard, 1906 Dedication To the natives of southern Nigeria in particular, and of West Africa in general, this work is dedicated, in all true sincerity and sympathy, not only as a small memento of ten years' personal touch, but in the best and truest interests of themselves, and of humanity, by one who has always endeavoured to labour on their behalf with the strenuous and untiring energy of a sincere and heartfelt sympathy. Further, as one who voluntarily and unselfishly devoted some of the best years of her life in the same good cause, it is in all esteem and respect dedicated to the memory of Miss Mary Kingsley and to the African society that emanated therefrom, the object and motive of which is to advance the glorious cause of civilization and progress. John Sherman his Life and Public Services by Winfield S. Kerr, 1908 To the people of Ohio, whose confidence and support so honoured him, and whom he so honoured in his public services, this life of John Sherman is dedicated. An Interpretation of India's Religious History by Robert A. Hume, 1911 to my Indian brothers, Christian and non-Christian, with love and hope. The English and English influence in Italy in the 18th century. Torino, 1911. To the English nation, worthy of its destinies. Panama, Past and Present, by Farnham Bishop, 1913. Dedication To the old admiral, white and frail, Red Indian, swarthy Cimarron, Conquistadors, brave in mail, Beneath the blaze of tropic noon, To Morgan's swaggering buccaneers, To gallant Nunez and his men, To Girtles and his engineers, Who cleft the peaks of Darien. Sally by Hugh Clifford to my brethren in Malaya. The grim recording angel turns the pages of the book, and the days are thrust behind us past recall. All the sorrows that we tasted, all the pleasures that we took in that life we shared together, brothers all. But today the forest whispers, and today the unclers whoop, while the big slow river lumbers down to meet the sunlit sea and the village drones and drowses where the palm fronds lift or droop, 
for the old life glideth onward still, with ne'er a place for me. Year far, too far, my brothers, gnarled brown faces that I know, men who dealt with me aforetime, friend with friend, and heart with heart, our paths lie worlds asunder, since the fates would have it so. For behold, the order reached me, and to-day, old friends, we part. Yet you will not quite forget me, O oh my brothers oversea. Let me keep that fond illusion. It will help me on my way. And I pray you tell the little ones who gather round your knee of the days we saw together in the land of the Malay. Noto Sudale Sampahukunin. The order hath come, a Malay euphemism for death, wherein there is a great bitterness. H.C. And my thanks are yours, my brothers, for a thousand acts of grace, for the trust wherewith you trusted, for the love wherewith you loved, for your honest open greetings, outstretched hand and friendly face, for the kindness that ye dealt me when through all your land I roved. It was mine to toil and struggle, it was mine to war with wrong, it was mine to labour for you, I to sorrow, hope and yearn but I'll shout it on the housetops from Barbados to Hong Kong. If to you I rendered service, I from you had most to learn. Hugh Clifford General Gordon, a Christian hero, by Major Settin Churchill, N.D. Dedicated to the young men of England with the earnest desire that some of the noble, godlike characteristics of this Christian soldier and hero may be reproduced in future generations. End of section 12